Welcome to the Recruiting Technology Podcast, where practitioners and veterans in the space bring you news and opinion to cover the ever-changing landscape of HR technology. Hi, this is Andrew Godomsky, and that is... Jason Roberts. Hello. And this is another episode of Recruiting.Technology, uh, the best and brightest in bots, robotics, automation, recruiting tech, CRM goodness. That it is. That it is. Before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you're listening to this, to uh, give us a review. Give us some stars. Give us some positive stars. And uh, subscribe. Download as many episodes as you like. We've got several out there now. Um, we're brand new here. So we're, we're new on the podcast arena. We definitely need your support in order to, uh, in order to gather some cred on all the platforms. So uh, subscribe on any platform that you use, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, if there's something else that you'd like to, us to get out there on, uh, we're happy to do that. Um, thanks for your help on that. Today's show, we covered two great new technologies that just received a new round of funding, both HackerRank and Great People. So let's dive right in with Great People. Uh, great People, CRM, ATS, the uh, all-in-one solution, is, as they like to say it. For those who don't know, right, so for those who are just kind of figuring out, so Great People kind of runs this staging, right? They run the gambit of pre-applicant. So all the things that you would do to acquire a prospect, to acquire somebody who you're trying to recruit who's not an applicant yet. So it's got the CRM, it's got the engagement tools, and it has the staging and the system of record that allows you to do that. And then it then extends all the way through the hire, so as a traditional ATS would, somebody applies to a job and then you stage them through screening, interviewing, assessment, et cetera, all the way to hire. Um, they've put that in one system of record. Um, and if you haven't seen it, what's interesting about great people is they allow you to switch workflows very, very quickly. And so you, you, you're not... You don't have to necessarily have the concept of one workflow for everything. You have the ability to have a lot more flexibility, um, which is not as unique as it used to be. Uh, but the fact that it's all within one one tool makes it pretty easy to kind of have a set of controls rather than taking your CRM and your ATS and weaving that data together. This has got a more solidified uh, perspective. And I'm sure Jack appreciates their uh, that little commercial. So. Yeah, so they're really solid at being um, being uh, sort of both sides of the house, right? Both CRM and ATS, they they do a good job of that. Um, they they leverage some of the best in class technology. So I like it because it's my central platform that everything else ties to, right? So um, I integrate everything to great people, and then I integrate great people with my customers, right? So that's that's the way that works, and. Um, Platform as a service is a pretty valuable thing, um, so they're not going to be—they're um, not going to be the guys that are writing the super fancy algorithms. They're not going to be the guys who um, who have the best matching technologies. They're going to be the ones who can allow you to plug in your matching technology of choice right. and make it useful. Or they're going to be the ones who can can help you uh, plug in HackerRank, who we'll talk about in a minute and drop those assessments and, and make them usable in a really quick and easy way, uh, integrate montage, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, but they're sort of the hub and everything comes into the hub for, of great people. And you can 
you can use all the best in class things from there. They took a bit of a, they, I saw uh, Bill Borman uh, threw out a question. He said, Hey, are they building any of their own stuff or are they just using other people's stuff from now on? And uh, there was some back and forth on, on a Facebook group that we follow on this topic. And I, I didn't think that was quite a fair t- question. I think platform as a service is a completely viable model. I, I, it's that, in fact, it's the model that I chose on purpose. Um, I don't, I don't want to buy uh, technology from someone who uh, is uh, diverted in so many different ways. If I find someone who has a really solid matching algorithm, I want to be able to plug that in and use right. it. Right. And, and I think, I think what's interesting is that the, is this platform as a service within recruiting technology. They're not the only ones. Okay. So you look at a company like Avature that started primarily at the front end. And then literally about 24 months ago, they started beta testing and then recently, in the last 2017 season, they, they extended all the way to hire. And yeah. so you can have, in Aperture as an example, same sort of concept, prospect all the way to, um, to hire. Um, mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about uh, – and so it's, it's interesting because it starts to feel a little bit more like a HR-as-a-service type of system – um, with the CRM. And so there's a number of systems that are HRIS oriented that have backed into applicant tracking, yeah. but haven't quite gone all the way to prospecting, right? Uh, yeah. Well, they're missing that. Even, um, oh, who was it? Cornerstone initially said they had pipelining capabilities, but very quickly announced a partnership with Smashfly uh, because uh, customers, including some of my customers who went to Cornerstone and said, yeah, this, this thing's not going to cut it. It's not going to do what we need to do. So they announced a partnership with Smashfly. That's, so great people, good on them. They, uh, they just uh, had a new round of funding uh, announced. It's uh, $8 million in funding. From what I understand, they're going to double down on some of the technologies that, that, uh, that they do have in-house. So when you talk about um, robotics and automation, there's a couple of levels of robotics. The one thing that great people does really well is sort of the, if this, then that type of automation where when something happens in one tool, uh, in one part of the workflow, you can automatically make the next thing happen. And this is actually where the, uh, the sort of HRIS systems that go back to ATS world. This is where they miss the boat completely. If you can't automatically change the status of a candidate to interview when I schedule an interview, the interview, then you're, you're screwing something up. If you make me go and click a button, that means my data will never be right. Nobody's going to click those buttons on the right times. Um, so they do a thing where uh, you schedule an interview. The candidate automatically gets uh, labeled an interview, and then it starts a, a set of communications that goes out. And you know some other automated stuff can, can be triggered, um, things like, person comes in and they're a good fit for a job automatically send a screen for example um in a different in a couple of different ways so those are the sorts of things they do that that i find really valuable um i think they're going to to double down on some of their innate technologies um as a platform they're they're the place that we go um but i think there there are some innate technologies that make sense for them um to not have somebody plug in uh, and we'll see some more and stuff. We're going to end up plug. The, the ecosystem concept is is here to stay. Yeah. Right. So there's too many players in the market. So whether you're Lever, 
your greenhouse. Um, I mean, even if you're Oracle, Oracle's ecosystem just internally is so big that yeah. you're going to have to do plug and play. So the concept of having a general platform that allows for a lot more seamless data play, but more but to your point, Jason, allows for the automation, mm-hmm. um, I think is actually pretty critical, I think, for a modern technology stack for recruiting. Um, yeah. Well, it's also things you have to think about. There, there are companies that have been doing some some of this work for a long time and sort of have it figured out. So if you're if you're building a new ATS, there's no reason for you to spend any time, money, or effort on building a parsing engine. Daxtra's got that pretty figured out. Right. Plug in, use Daxtra. You know, there's no need to do anything else. There's things like that that there's sort of table stakes that just uh, work inside the system. And then there are other things where you want new toys and you can you want the ability to plug in your new fancy Lego to your core Lego set, and that's what they've got. Well, and, and, and some of, from a global perspective, some of the new legislation that's coming up, uh, you know, GDPR, mm-hmm. makes platform as a service a little bit more of a, of a better buy. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you know if, if you cut off at the higher, right, you've captured basically everything that you're doing in the employment process there, and then your HRIS is separate, and that allows for some clean reporting, some com- some some cleaner compliance. Um, and, well, and I think what we're seeing in in different regions. Uh, so with the GDPR piece, even China, what we're finding is that um, things like the bot technologies. Some of the bot technologies only work in uh, in the U.S. in English. Some require some can't find phone numbers in geographies like in Asia, you have to have a local business license in order to get a phone number in some countries. So you, they, they aren't able to get a phone number um, to do texting via the bots, which is what we all love nowadays. So um, there, what I can do is just say, all right, well, I've, I've got one solution for everywhere that I can. And then places like Asia pack where I'm challenged plug in something else, but my workflow stays the same. I just plug a, a different tool in for that geography and then it's a little bit cleaner. Yeah. I think one of the things I like about um, great people, I think this is what I'm seeing. When, so you look at um, companies that are on the prospect side, like um, candidate ID or Beamery. You then look at what Aperture is doing and you look at what great people has is they have these canvases, mm-hmm. right? And basically it's like, playing with PowerPoint sort of, and you say, here's the workflow that I want to create. And you put a bunch of arrows on it. You yeah. say, if this happens, then do this. And I think that that model um, is probably the mo- is probably the pervasive model for what I'm seeing probably through 2020, 2021 is that people ask me, what do I, what do I need to look for in a recruiting tech um, that's going to help me be better, faster, cheaper. And I'm like, well, probably something that allows you to control the workflows in a visual way and yeah. allows you to have multiple workflows without having coding, without having to do an installation, without having to shut down the system for the day or a week. Just it gives you a, a play area that allows you to create your own algorithms or your own rules. Fewer clicks is what you're going for. You want the tool to do as much of the clicking as you as possible so that your recruiters aren't clicking. And I think, I think it does a good job. I think great people is it's, it's the first that I ever saw to do that. They, they foundationally were built to do that. 
And I think that they, uh, they do it in a, in a really good way. So congrats to them. They, they came out with some cash and uh, they're going to do some great things. I'm sure with that, with that money, um, they are, uh, well, the, the leadership team over there is second to none. Um, I've never seen a, a group of sort of professionals at that, of that caliber um, congregated the way that they have. So um, I'm confident they'll do some great things. Right. Their, their, um, their, their Achilles heel has been early stage market share. Yeah. Right? Well, so they're, yeah. Not the, they're not the biggest. They're not the loudest. They're not at every conference. They don't have a social media thread that goes across seven different Facebook groups on the same day. Right. And guess what? That doesn't necessarily mean, by the way, look, you can talk a lot on social and you can cross. It's easy to use Hootsuite to make you look important. Yeah. And good. That doesn't mean you are. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. And um, they're sort of like the, the secret weapon, right? Uh, they have been for a long time. I think this announcement is, is a way for them to say, hey, guys, we're here. And, uh, and we're doing really well. They, they made an announcement earlier this year, 450% increase in sales. And the, the, the customers they have, I know some of their customer names, things like Netflix and, uh, and some of the, I think EA is one of their, right. they've got some decent names in there that like right. customers that, that are, I, I would be super proud to put on my slide to say, these are my customers. So, um, good on them. Good job. Good on, it's good on them. And, 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 you and I both know Jack. He's he's a stand up. He's a stand up executive. Yep. Um, this is a grassroots kind of company, like like literally suburban Philadelphia, pseudo farmland kind of place. Yep. Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Um, this is not this is not the oh we went and did a whole bunch of funding like in Silicon Valley and moved and shaked and somehow came out with a bunch of cash. This is a different kind of profile, and so. It's good. To, it's good to see some of the equity part, uh, the equity players coming in saying, "Hey, you're making good earnings. You got good velocity. Let's go ahead and blow it out." Yeah. So they, Rank. They, yeah. So great people got eight million. Hacker Rank showed up thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars in funding. So that brings their total funding up to fifty-eight. I think. Um, Do they still have a burn rate? Do you know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you think their burn rate is? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I was reading, I think George wrote a, a post. Uh, no, TechCrunch, it uh, looks like. Um, <laughs> the, the, he said, well, we didn't really think we needed that much. We, we didn't think we needed $30 million, but they, they found a partner they thought was a solid partner, so they, they took $30. Um, that, it makes me nervous when I hear companies do that because what, uh, all this money comes with, uh, it comes with strings, Oh yeah, no. There's there's no free lunches. No free lunches. So I I worry a little bit about that. Um, uh, to be uh, completely transparent, Ronstadt also participated in this round. So uh, our innovation fund, uh, we were already investors. We I don't know how much, um, but it's public knowledge that that we did um, participate in this. And um, we're we're using HackerRank. We have used HackerRank. Uh, in a few places, but it's not a part of our core uh, because they're really focused on developers. So they're they're a uh, they're a tool that in a in a pretty clean way allows you to go in and and put it and kind of complete a code assessment. Uh, yeah. They've got sort of a social feel to it, so um, almost 
get hubby a little bit. I don't know. Um, but uh, there's a little bit of social aspect tied to the, uh, tied to the, the testing and it works really, really well. So what you've got to do, if you're dropping these things in, you've got to remove the technical screen and replace it with this because what you're doing is you're paying, you know, whatever you pay for this test. I, I don't even, I have no concept of what. Well, hacker rank is a licensing concept. It's not it? necessarily, it's not necessarily pay for drink. Okay. Right? Well, that's even so, so you've got to have a little bit of volume to lock in or, you're, you're buying a small license and kind of writing off the fact that you're only going to use it so many times. Yeah. So whatever you're paying, uh, you're, you pay your hundred bucks for hacker rank. Um, then you, uh, you're, what you're trying to do is save a hundred bucks worth of time on your developer's side so that they're not doing the, the technical screens. That's really the, the arbitrage that you're going for. Um, if you're doing both, you, you're probably throwing good money after bad, See? but uh, I like those guys. I think they're good. This is where I think HackerRank needs to go. And they're not the only ones, whether it's Codility, HackerRank, et cetera, is I think what they've become is an assessment company. But I think what they need to do is become a certification company with development personnel who take it all the time. So as a developer, well, once there are a year. There's certification companies out there, though. What, what I'm saying is this, is why wouldn't I, as a candidate, just as a, as, as a, as a working developer, once a year, go in and take the next level Ruby exam. And then this way, when I apply for a job, I can just go ahead and type in my number or my, my file and say, by the way, I already passed HackerRank's last whatever for Ruby. Rather no, than, yeah. right? Because it, I think the problem that I'm seeing yeah. Right. So the problem I'm seeing is development's really hot and it's going to continue to be. Meanwhile, people like you and me are telling everybody to use hacker rank, codility, you know, you know, code ground, whatever. And so now you got these developers who are like one more damn exam that I got to take, which, by the way, these aren't five minutes. They take like 30, 45 minutes. Well, and and the challenge that we ran into is um, it was good for a certain level developer. But if you have a a highly sought after senior guy. He just, he's, he's not interested in drop spending the time on this. That's right. You have, um, so we, we had to find the sweet spot, like the highly sought after senior guy. Uh, we didn't, we stopped bothering and the low end guys that wanted to take it all day long. They just wouldn't, wouldn't pass. There's sort of a sweet spot in the middle of, you know, two year, three year engineer, where we were able to get get some uh, get some traction, but I, I do think that you you've got something there. That's that might be a big part of their business plan. Maybe. I don't know. Where you just say, "Here's uh, well, even better than a certification. Um, tap into my uh, pre qualified list of technology candidates. Hire dot com with code code assessment. Right. Well, yeah. Why? Yeah. Exactly. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't a hacker rank just make it where the licensing includes do you want a list of all the people who took our exams and passed? Right. They've got the data and, and you can eat, you know, and you could easily validate it. Like if I was, if I'm on LinkedIn and I'm a developer, I could say hacker rank qualifications, test number six, seven, two, seven, whatever it is. Right. And yeah, click here to see my scores. Yeah. Click here to see my scores. Yeah. Now the problem is always, how do you know that that person took that? 
So that's a real problem. And I know that you've seen that. So yeah. we, we see this, we see this in places, yes, in the US, but Eastern Europe, India, other places, there's a lot of um, false accreditation in terms of who takes these tests. Interesting. So, I haven't seen a lot of that, but I, I know it's a concern. Right. Uh, I, I wonder what they do to combat that. I don't, I don't have enough insight. Um, honestly, I've spent a ton of time with, with HackerRank in about a year. Um, so I don't know what they're doing for that. You know, I, I think part of it is you kind of just, you just kind of chalk up that, that single digits percentage because what we've been, what we've been advising companies on is you're going to insert, you know, this code test alongside the code test. We're having usually an online interview, mm-hmm. uh, video interview. So it's the email. So someone applies, thanks so much. Here's you're, you're really close to getting done. So take the next 45 minutes, do this exam and go through a 15 minute online video back and forth. We use WePow, but you could use Montage or Hire, you know, Hire View, whoever. And at the end, we ask them some questions about compensation, you know, and say, you know, it's kind of like you do the exam and then you do the video interview. And at the end of the video interview, we add a question that says, now that you've taken this exam and you've learned more about us, are you still interested in continuing? Because if you are and you've passed, you're going to get an interview request to do a whiteboarding session with our development team. So the next, the next stage is like literally like an online interview like this with a whiteboard, which hmm. is, okay, now we're going to like have you do some whiteboarding with us, with our dev team. And all of a sudden we've noticed that the candidate pool has gone like to this, Yeah, but they're tight. They're really tight. Um, investment. They have to be yeah. serious. They, they got to be serious. No one's doing that for an hour because they're bored, right. right? And so, of course, if the brand is weak, if you're not Netflix, right, or Google, <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, John's, you know, John's staffing coding business out of, you know, you know, something Wisconsin, you're, <laughs> you might have a problem, but as a branding issue. Um, yeah. But I think that that's where these guys at Hacker Rank and Codility and others need to do is they need to start thinking about how can I take this test once a year, show my chops, make my application process really expedient, mm-hmm. and I don't have to do much, just come get me, right? Well, and what's interesting is everybody's starting into a code shop, right? So you've got these traditional manufacturing companies that are out there that are, that are software companies. Nike is GE? hiring software people. GE, Honeywell. These people are, are software companies now. So uh, it's, it's different. It's a, the Internet of Things has made things uh, very, uh, very lucrative for a software developer, I imagine. Well, and I, yeah, I, think, I think what it's become is if you look at like the project management certification, so from PMI, you mm-hmm. would take all kinds of coursework and then you get certified. I think a lot of these tests are basically saying, are you certified in this code? Yeah. And if you are, great, because I don't have to train you. I can just let you do. And with agile development being so pervasive, this is what they want. They just want someone to jump in and start banging on a keyboard at a stand-up desk. You know, if you, if you, have, a, uh, if you have a trusted assessment, like, so I'm a PMP. I'm a certified PMP. 
Um, and uh, I'm a pimp. <laughs> I, was pimp- I was pimping back in the day. I went to NYU to get mine. Do you keep yours up? I don't even keep mine up anymore. I should. No, I lost it. I lost it. About, uh, I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll, I'll rephrase. I was a certified PMP. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't do it again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that process is pretty well respected. That certification is good. Um, CCIE, I know, is a good certification. But then there are other places where there's not a good cert, like uh, Black Belt. So if, you're, if you want to do Six Sigma, there's not like the, the, inter, the recognized International Society of Six Sigma goodness. There, like, there's every Joe Schmo in their Six Sigma training, they'll, and they'll call you a Black Belt afterwards. But it's, it's unique for, for each one of them, and the, the process is different. So an actual Black Belt certification is not particularly useful in, in real life. Um, whereas like a CCIE from Cisco, that's got some credit. So let's, let, let's, let, let's wrap, you know, so we, I think we agree that great people and platform as a service in general, great foundation, Good. Using the tools like hacker rank, make things expedited, allow for certification, good tools. I do agree. All right. That's it for today. That's it for today. I'm Andrew Godomsky, and that's, that is... Jason Roberts. And this is Recruiting.Technology. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye-bye.